are finishing up the True North series, and um, and and I, I just I don't know. I feel like I, I like where we've been with this. You feel like you've gotten some things out of this series? Think feel like you've grown and learned some stuff? Okay, well, at least a few of you. That's good. We'll take it. Well, so we're talking about True North, and and so you know I, I've said this every time. You should be able to tell me without me saying it by now, but that's all right. We'll do it anyway. When you're looking at True North, True North is the things that are your values, the things that drive you, what's important. Our True North will always point to Jesus, right? That never changes. The methods will change, but the message never changes. Amen? All right. And so for us, the how, the how that we do that is through these words, connect, grow, serve. So Fusion Church exists to create a place where we can connect with God and man that we may grow in our faith and serve within the church and within our community. That's what it's all about. And so, uh, so that's, what, that's what this is all about for us. And, and I just want to kind of finish strong on, on this series. And so uh, we're hitting serve today. We've done, we did connect, connect with God, and we talked about the importance of that. We, we, we did connect and talked about the importance of connecting with men, the last men and women, the people within the the, the seats beside you. Last week, we, we hit hard growth, and we talked about some things that, how do you know when, uh, when, when you are growing? And one of the things that we talked about was, you know that you're growing when the things that used to be acceptable to you are no longer acceptable to you. How many of you guys were here for that and remember that? <clears throat> the crazy thing is we, show, we shared Donna Holbrook's story last week. Um, wasn't that an amazing story? And so in case you weren't here, we shared the story of, of, of a couple that started coming here in 2019, April 2019. I remember it plain as day. And, um, and after they'd been here for a, a few months, God was just really working in their life. We discovered that they actually owned two gentlemen's clubs. I don't know why they call them gentlemen's clubs because there's nothing gentlemanly about it. Amen. Right? So they owned, they owned two of those. And, uh, and, and so... I found out about it. I took it straight to the staff, and I was like, hey, just so you guys know, this is, this is what's going on here. And our whole idea was, you know, people were like, well, what are you going to say to her about it? I'm like, you know what? We're not going to say a thing. We're going to love them, and we're going to teach them, and we're going to watch them grow. And that's exactly what happened. And over the, over the next year or so, God just really did it. There's a video of us getting to baptize them, and um, <clears throat> their, uh, her husband then also uh, we found out was terminally ill with cancer, and um, and that I think it was us that that fall we lost him and and um, but but like they owned these the, <laughs> these clubs and they were they were like you know they get a new person to work there and they'd be like well what's your dream and she's like well I want to be in cosmetology and they're like well let us help you get into t- cosmetology school that's not job security at all right <clears throat> but God honored it and so we never really said anything to them. Uh, but, but, but we knew that the Lord was working on their heart. And one day when I felt like the Lord laid it on my heart, all I said was, Hey, is it getting hard to reconcile owning this, these businesses and your new relationship with God? That's all I said. And, and they were like, yeah, it's getting really hard. And we feel like it's time for us to sell these. And so they did. And one is now a Mexican restaurant which we're all excited about, right? <laughs> you don't get all sanctimonious on me. I've seen you put down the chips and salsa before. 
And the other is a towing company, which none of us are ever excited to see, but you're grateful when they show up when they need you, right? So we talked about those things. It got out. Word got out. And uh, we had some people reach out to us, and they did an article on it. And this whole story may end up on CBN soon. I don't know. Um, for those of you who are like, what's CBN? It's like Christian news, Christian broadcast system. Like you, it's like, it's kind of a big deal. And so who knows what's going to happen. Uh, but the cool thing is, is that people are hearing the story, and it's touched lives. And, and one of the ways that you know you're growing is that the things that used to be okay are no longer okay. And God will use you to bring change in somebody else's life. Amen? And so that's what happened there. So this week, we're going to talk about serving. And um, <clears throat> look, I want to I say a few things before I talk to you about serving. Number one, when I talk to you about serving, I'm not talking to you about serving me, okay? I'm a servant too. I'm, I'm called to serve alongside you. So when somebody, like when I ask you, hey, do you want to help a safety team or do you want to help with kids church or youth ministry or, or worship team, which we need help with all of those, I'm not saying will you serve me through serving in this ministry. I'm saying will you serve God and I'll do my best to go right beside you and serve alongside you, okay? Number one, that's big, right? Number two, I think, and this is really absolutely huge, when you do a servanthood message, and I don't want people here to leave feeling guilty. I want you to leave feeling inspired and challenged. And, and so often people hear a servanthood message and they're like, PT, you don't understand. I just came from another church and I got burnt out there. Or I've been serving here for years and years and years and I'm exhausted. I want you to understand two things. Number one, we care more about you than what you do for this place. Do you hear that? It's important for you to hear it again. We care more about you guys than what you do. You're more to us than where you serve, okay? Like, when you greet me in the hallway, do I call you by your name or where you serve? I call you by your name. Matt Beachy, when I see you in the hallway and we, we do our little knuckle touch, do I call you Matt Beachy or do I call you Sound Booth? <laughs> what a do, Sound Booth? No, I don't do that, right? Because you matter to me more than what you do right? Also understand that there are people in the room, you're hearing this challenge, and you're like, yeah, I want to respond to that, but I'm also exhausted. Understand, if you're in a place where you need rest, you need to take that rest, okay? But there will come a time where you've got to step out of that rest, because what we do in the church, and I've said this before, is that we serve hard until we crash, and then, and then we rest until we rust. Amen? And so what we need to do is serve and rest simultaneously. But if you're here and you're like, I'm exhausted, I've been, doing, I've been doing things within the church for a long time, or I've been serving my community for a long time, I'm exhausted, okay, take a rest. But I'm not going to let you rust. Amen? Amen? All right. Are you ready? Because you guys look at me like I'm about to try and sell you a jalopy right now. All right, here we go. So let's talk about serving. First of all, understand that serving was God's idea, not man's. It was God's idea. And here's the thing that I believe that is absolutely true. Our level of greatness is a direct result of our heart to serve others. Do you agree with that statement? Okay. I think Jesus agrees with that statement, and I'd rather him agree with what I'm saying than you do. I don't, you, know, you know what I'm saying? I want to be on his side. 
fact of the matter is there's a moment where Jesus, Jesus is working and, and, and he's, been, he's been doing what he's doing. We're, we're looking at Matthew chapter 23 in a second. He's been serving. He's been doing what he's been doing. He's been, he's been working in the lives of his disciples and, 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 God, and he's even used, you know, used them to bring healing to people and different things like that. But there's a moment where these guys, though they are, are still with Jesus every single day, and, and their lives have been revolutionized. I mean, they were tax collectors and, and fishermen and all kinds of people. They were still, God was working in them, but they were still bickering and arguing about who was the best in, among them, right? How many of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about? They were arguing, saying, I'm the greatest. They sound like Muhammad Ali, I'm the greatest of all time. Like, they sound like him, right? I don't know if that was a good impression. I was, I'm a lot younger than him. They considered themselves to be better than everybody else, but Jesus blew that all out of the water with one sentence. Matthew chapter 23, verse 11. He says a whole bunch of things, but then he, 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 basically everything he's saying, he's, he's teeing it up to hit it out of the park. And verse 11 hits it out of the park. Here's what he says. But he who is greatest among you shall be your what? Servant. Really, when you think about it, Jesus flips everything on its side at this moment, right? I don't know what the landscape looked like back then, but the ones who serve in our culture today aren't the ones who get the attention. Fact of the matter is, man, you hear the word celebrity. What do you do? Why are they called a celebrity? It's because people celebrate them. For doing absolutely nothing. Think about this for a second. Why is the Hilton girl famous? Because mom and dad, did somebody just have to tell me that it was Paris? Who was that? Where are you at? <laughs> Her mom and dad own a, own a hotel or a bunch of them. That's all she's done. Kim Kardashian's dad defended a murderer. That's their claim to fame. It is now easier than ever before to get famous for absolutely no reason, all because of the YouTubes, right? And we've created this culture where people who are brash and cocky and arrogant, they get celebrated while people who serve and people who put others ahead of them themselves are, are, are overlooked. Have you noticed that? Perfect example. I'm going to show you a video that drives me absolutely nuts. It drives me nuts as a sports fan. It drives me nuts as a football coach. Oh, as a football coach, if one of my, teen, if one of my kids that I coached did this, they would run until I get tired. You know what I'm saying? They will, you will run until I'm skinny, okay? That's how upset this made me when I saw it. And this dude is a pro football player. Watch what happens. He makes a big play, but it's not what he does that matters here to me is how he handles what he does. So the, the video's kind of grainy, it's kind of junky, but it gets the point across. Watch this video. By Moore at the 48. And I'll tell you what, Moore might want to get back in position. Oh, oh my gosh. By Moore at the 48. Are we watching it again? I'm going to get more angry. He makes a sack. He runs 15 yards down the field to celebrate. Stops. Yeah, somebody point at it for me. Thank you. 
and gets an offsides call. Okay, okay, well, let's stop. We can stop because I'm getting, I feel my blood pressure rising. He runs 15 yards. He makes a tackle behind the line. They pay you millions of dollars to do that. You ain't nothing special, baby. You know what I'm saying? You did your job. What if, what if I serve you communion? I start running around high-fiving people because I just served you communion. You know what I mean? I'm celebrating. You know, I'm celebrating because I just broke you off some bread and juice. That's my job. That ain't nothing special. Oh, I'm furious watching this. But this is what we celebrate, right? And Jesus turns this on its ear. I'm going to show you another picture of a different football player. And if I could, I'm going to brag on somebody in my family. I'm sorry I do that a lot. I like my people. And if you ever get the microphone, you can brag on your family. But for now, you're listening about mine. (laughs) This is a picture of my son, Gavin. Gavin has just finished his eighth grade football season. This was last year. And what he's doing is he's pointing at a teammate. And the reason is, is he and number 65, uh, they had a, a sack together on the, on the quarterback. They shared the sack. And in and, and, and stats, that's a half a sack each. Did you know that? You each got a half a sack there. Okay. So Gavin gets up and he's excited, but they only said his name on the loudspeaker, Gavin Garrett with the sack. And so he literally stood and pointed at his friend and looked up at the sound booth until they said his name too, and also Aiden Winters, right? So here's the thing I'll say. When I grow up, which don't count on that ever happening, I don't want to be like the football player, number 55, who ran 15 yards and celebrated downfield, and then got a penalty and undid the work that he did, I want to be like the kid that points to the one who didn't get the credit. Why? Because when you listen to what Jesus said, it's that kind of person who is exhibiting the heart of God. Amen? So many times we celebrate these guys for doing absolutely nothing. And Jesus says, hey, we're going to turn this on our head. Don't worry about being the greatest. Don't buy your... You know what? When people tell, people tell me, man, I've heard really good things about you. You know what my reply is? And some of you have even probably heard me say this. Don't buy into the hype. I think we need to be a body of believers who never buy into their own hype. Amen? Jesus turns it on his side and he says, if you want to be great... Don't point to yourself. Start serving the people around you. Jesus did more than that. He did that very thing. Look, we're talking about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're talking about about God's only begotten Son. And what he did was shed his royalty and picked up humanity and said, I'm going to, not only am I going to die for you, we talk about that all the time, but what we don't talk about is also, I'm going to become the embodiment of your sin. The Bible says that he became our sin and then was crucified to the cross. He became that sacrifice. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. He didn't just say we should serve he lived it. And check this out. I, this is worth tweeting if you have a Twitter account. He said, it's, it's this. Jesus modeled it not for the entire world to see, but for the entire 
world to do. Do you hear that? So when Jesus modeled these things for us, he didn't just model it so that you can see it and be inspired. No, 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 no. He showed us how we should live. And if we ever want to be considered great in the eyes of God, servanthood's the only way to get there. Here's another one that's worth writing down or taking a picture. Fact of the matter is this. Making a name for ourselves in heaven means making a servant of ourselves on earth. I've, sh- I've, I've shared that statement before. God blew my mind with that. Making a name for ourselves in heaven means making a servant of ourselves on earth. That seventh grade football player is not going to make it to sports center. It's just not going to happen. That guy will over and over and over again. But when it comes to exhibiting the heart of God, that kid would be famous over the football player who celebrated his little tackle. Amen? Jesus modeled it, not for the entire world to see, but for the entire world to do. And if making a name for ourselves in heaven, it means making a servant of ourselves on earth. Agreed? God calls us not, not just to serve, but to serve in multiple ways. And this is something that's absolutely huge to us. And I'm going to read, I'm going to read something to you, and it's in Acts. Understand the book of Acts. How many of you guys are familiar with the book of Acts? How many of you have read it before? Okay, it's the Acts of the Apostles. And it's, and it's talking about what they did in the church in the, in the beginning, like where our origins as a church came from. And, and they had a lot of growing pains. I mean, you think about it. If you think about thousands of people, like what if this week you guys, you guys come and next week there's another thousand that are, that are with us, right? And then we come back and there's another thousand people with us. You think you don't know people now? What do you do with that then? There were growing pains. They had growing pains because there were numbers added daily, thousands of people giving their life to the Lord daily. And so as it was multiplying in Acts chapter 6, verse 1 through 7, it says, now in those days... When the number of disciples was multiplying, not not adding, multiplying, right? That's big. There arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists. So basically, two two different groups, right? Because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of disciples and said, It's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore... Brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation. Boy, that's changed nowadays, right? We don't look for people of good reputation. We look for people with a pulse anyway. I'm not talking about here at Fusion. I'm saying as a whole, right? You guys are all, all good reputation, most of you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking at anybody when I said I'm just kidding. All right, completely lost where I was. I'll get there. Good Full of, uh, with a good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And saying these things pleased the multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and then some names that I'm not even going to try to pronounce from Antioch. And they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. The word of God spread, and the numbers of disciples multiplied multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of priests 
uh, of the priests were obedient to the faith. You're like, what on earth does that all mean? Like I said, they were growing. They were growing in the church, but they were also growing outside the church. And there came this moment where the disciples were like, the apostles were like, hey, we've got to do something here because we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be pouring the word into people, but we're also serving people the food as well. So, so now what we need are people who can help, do, help us to focus on those things so that we can focus on th- these things, right? Does that make sense? And what he was saying was there's things within the church that need taken care of, and there are things outside the walls of the church that need taken care of. And those things need to be taken care of, of not just the people who are the pastors of the church, but also the people within the church. The same is true today. The fact of the matter is, I need you to help me take care of who's in the building. And, and I had it modeled for me this week. This week... We had somebody in the hospital, and they didn't call me first. They called Linda and Jerry Hoflich first. Linda and Jerry prayed over them. And then they sent out a text, and they sent it out to Mary Kay and to the Walkers and to the Icorns and all these other people. And they were like, hey, we need to pray for this guy. He's sick. He's in the hospital. And they're like, hey, we're all praying. All those things happened before I even heard about it. And all those things happened before I even got, and then, before I even got to call and pray with him and then visit him the next day. That's what the body of Christ is supposed to look like. We're supposed to be serving one another within the church and then serving the community outside the church as well. Do you understand that? And I can't do this all on my own, and neither can my my staff. I have a staff, an amazing group of people who are with me every day of the week. But if it's just the, the seven of us, we can't do it on our own either. That's why we need what's in here, the people in here to step up. Just like these guys did, we need that here as well. God calls us to serve within the church. And listen, there are things that need to be happening here for us to be who we need to be. We need children's workers. I know that is not a glorious job, right? I've been called to many things in my life. Children's ministry was never one of them. And if that calling showed up, I might have been like, uh, let's try that again, God. Let's run another pass at that and see if you got something else. Now, Dan, you, Dan Borsier, you were a children's pastor uh, shortly after Moses built the ark, right? <laughs> Did anybody catch that, that it wasn't Moses that built the ark, it was Noah? Crack a Bible, people. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But you've been at it a long, you were at it a long time. I was the youth pastor. He was the children's pastor. There's a need for our children to know who God is, but but also who God has called them to be. We need you guys for that. I look up here during worship, and I think think our worship team is amazing, but we're down a bassist. Need a bassist. We're down an electric guitarist. Sid, we miss you up there, brother. We miss your shredding little fingers, but now he's traded those in. He's actually interning with us and, uh, and, and doing his practicum for Bible college here. You're going to see him around more because he's learning media through Pastor Dan because Pastor Dan's pretty much a genius at that. So you're going to start seeing he's taking pictures and doing things like that. You're going to see more of this face. Aren't you glad to hear that? Yay! Maybe one day we can bribe Pastor Dan to let you play the guitar sometime. We'll bribe him in pasta. <laughs> he's too picky for that. He'd rather have his own. Never mind. But we, look, if, if you're a musician, why aren't you up here? 
You know what I'm saying? If you're good at computer stuff, why, why aren't you up there? I've been, uh, Laura Walker has been taking amazing pictures from her cell phone of, of the things that have happened up here during altar calls. I saw her last week, and I'm like, you know what? We just need you to, to learn from Pastor Dan how to use one of our cameras and put you on that team because you're doing awesome. Like, why not serve within the body? And I'm not saying do everything. And a lot of times when people, people hear children's ministry, they're like, hey, will you help in children's ministry? What they hear because of what has happened to them in the past is, will you help in children's ministry every Sunday for the rest of your life? Isn't that what you hear when somebody asks you to help in children's ministry? Every Sunday for the rest of your life. But if everybody picks up a tiny piece and, and runs with it, it doesn't have to be that way. I don't want you guys serving every single week. You need to be in this room and soaking in the presence of God and, 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 and ministering to one another, praying over one another. You don't need to be running safety team every single week, right? The other one is God, God, and, and, and so uh, can I just step on a toe or two real quick? Is that okay? You, you guys are like, would you not do it if we said no? Absolutely not. The problem is, is I think there's two different types of people that don't serve. One that feels like they're not good enough to serve, and that's a lie from the enemy. That's a lie. And number two, and I hope we're not falling into this category, number two is the one who feels like they're too good to serve. The fact of the matter is, is, is too often in the, in the American church, followers of Jesus believe the church exists to serve their needs. It's quiet and you're not amening because you know that I'm right. Followers of Jesus in America think that the church is there to serve their needs. It's like a buffet, right? I want some fellowship. I'll take the fellowship. I, I want, some, I want, some, uh, I want some, some kindness. I'll take some kindness. I want people to pray over me. I'll take some of that. But serving, I'm going to leave those right beside the green beans because ain't nobody touching those either, right? <laughs> Detestable detestable. So God calls us to serve within the church, and there's so many opportunities, children's ministries, student ministries. Pastor Dan has, has amazing people on his team, but he needs more amazing people. And there are some of you that should be helping in teen ministry. Some of you should be helping there. We just launched a special needs ministry. Some of you really should have been a part of that and, and really need to rethink whether or not you need to join that. We're about to launch a creative team. If you're interested in that, come see me because Pastor Dan could use you. We're, we're going to do some things that I'm really excited about, some video things. Like you've seen some of the stories and stuff like that, but Pastor Dan and I are working on even a, a midweek bump where it would be almost like a podcast that comes out of here midway through the week every week, just kind of talking about what we've talked about or, or whatever. But it'll be, it'll be a midweek bump that's coming here in the next couple months. Pastor Dan and I are going to do that together. Uh, we need creative people. You should be a part of that. We are going to launch connect groups for real this year, like really, really well this year. Carissa Cobbler is helping me with that, and she is way, way, way smarter than me, and it's going to go really well. And if, you, if you're like someone who, who would love to host, then we'd love for you to do that. 
There's opportunities within the body, but then God calls us to also serve within the community. Find a need to meet it. Find a need to meet it. There's the Elijah house. There's, I was talking with Dustin Powers. The Elijah house is a, is a, a home for people, for men who are homeless, and they're trying to get back on their feet. And he was talking about how he does a devotion with them, I think, every, is it Thursday? Every Thursday? Every Thursday he does a devotion with them, and he told me, he's like, I would gladly step back and let somebody else do that one time. Why can't that be you? You're like, PT, why, shouldn't, why couldn't that be you? Yeah, I can do it, but I get plenty of opportunity to pour into people. What about you? Why not you? Warming centers, you literally just have to be good at sitting to do that. <laughs> literally, that's what you have to be good at. Breathing. Sitting and breathing. That's the standard of excellence for somebody who needs the help at the warming center. That's you. You got this. You're sitting and breathing now. I'm watching you do it. Except for the guy over there whose face is purple. Other than that, everybody else is doing great. Anyway, find a need and meet it. So you ask yourself, okay, PT, how do I start? All right, I'm going I'm to finish with this. Start with what you have. Start with what you have. Uh, there's a moment in Scripture, and, and, it, and it's a challenge to us. Because it's, it's a really cool moment, and you know the story. It's when Jesus feeds 5,000 people, right? What happens here is Jesus, you know what? He, at this moment in time, he is trying to get alone, but people follow him. And his disciples look out there, and they see him, and they see all these people, and they know that, they've been, that these people have been following Jesus all day long, they're probably really, really hungry, have nowhere to go. They're out in the desert. And they go to Jesus and they're like, Jesus, we need to do something. And Jesus is like, all right, you do something. I, I try to be a lot like Jesus in that manner. If you come to me and you're like, hey, the church needs this, I'll be like, well, you're the church. Let's have you do it. So if you come to me and you're like, hey, let's launch a ministry, go ahead. We'll talk. I'll help you do it. But it's going to be you. And that's what Jesus did here with these guys. And so Jesus said this and says, uh, he's like, you give them something to eat. And here's what happens. He lifted his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, uh, he, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered and he said, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a lad here. We don't ever use the word lad anymore. So we know there was somebody Irish on that team. There's a laddie. There's a lad who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down and a number of about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed it to the disciples. The disciples to those sitting down, and likewise the fish and the, the loaves as much as they wanted. They ate until they were full, and they took up fragments enough for 12 families. I love what we see here. I see a couple things. First of all, God always starts with what you have. Did you know that? So they're looking for a miracle, and they're like, something needs to happen. And Jesus says, hey, what do we have? What's available to us, Right? And all that was available was this little kid's lunch that mom packed when he went to go hang out with Jesus that day. 
right? So this kid had five, they were a carb-friendly family, obviously, because they had five loaves of bread and some fish, right? And so she packs it, sends him out the door, he's following Jesus, and this kid has five loaves of bread and some fish, and Jesus said, we'll use that, and he made a miracle out of what they had. The fact of the matter is, is that God will use what you have. If you're wondering where should you serve and what should you do, what do you have? What are you good at? There are people here that construction is what they, what they are good at, and so they built walls and, and painted and, and, and laid flooring. Nobody wants to lay flooring. That's the worst thing in the world, but they did it for the Lord. I can teach football. I can teach large people how to block other large people. So that's what I do, right? God will use what you're good at. You just have to say, God, this thing that you've given me the ability to do, I'm going to use it for you. And God will take that thing and he will multiply it. But so often, we don't want to approach God and say, I have this because we think what we have is too small. We think what we have isn't enough. And just like that moment, they're like, well, this, this lad over here, this little laddie, this lad over here has some fish and some loaves, but what, what's that going to do? Nothing. It's not enough. And so often, we refuse to serve and do the things that God's called us to do because we feel like what we have to offer isn't enough. Not one of you amen that because at some point in time you felt that way. At some point in time you've said, I want to use whatever God's given me to use, but I don't feel like it's enough to do the job. And amazing men and women of God stay in the seats and don't do anything because they feel like they don't have enough to offer. I'm looking at amazing people. Yeah, I'm talking about you right now. Amazing people who have more to offer than you ever thought. You just got to find that one thing and you got to say, God, I'll give it to you. And God will say, you know what? I will take that thing that seems small and insufficient to you and I will multiply it and I will blow your mind with it. I've seen him do it over and over and over again can do it in you. Stop belittling what you have to offer. Stop thinking that it's not good enough. Stop thinking that you don't have what it takes because God will multiply whatever it is that you have and cause it to change the lives of, of those around you. Amen? Isn't that good news? So where do we start? Start with what you have. Start with what you're good at. And you're all good at different things. The fact of the matter is, if you need somebody to make you a graphic, I'm that guy. If you need me to change your oil, I'm not that guy. <laughs> Unless you like cars that don't go anywhere, then I am that guy. Dan Catlett came over and, and fixed, my, fixed my van one time, put a new alternator on. He was really good at it but I don't want him playing drums. You don't, you don't know how to play drums, right? Matt, Matt is really good at drums. Can you change out an alternator? 
No, you can't. I knew that without asking. I knew that without asking. I don't know why, I just did. I was fairly confident in that moment. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is that we are all like this puzzle piece. And when you fit all of us together, it makes something absolutely beautiful. And you may feel like you don't have what it takes, but God will take what you have and multiply it to be more than enough. So if you're here and you think that the church is meant to serve your needs, you're wrong. Change your attitude and start serving. If you're here and you feel like you don't have what it takes and what you have is not good enough, you're wrong. Step into it and watch God do something with it. Amen? Amen. Guess what? I'm done. You guys can stand to your feet. Go ahead. Stand to your feet. I'm done. Seriously. Like, is this a trick? Are you joking? No, it's, it's 1125 and I'm finished talking. So the two questions you need to ask yourself, well, I guess one question, and this is really what it all boils down to. Are you ready? I want you to ask yourself this question. Are you willing to give what you have so that others can gain what they need? And again, I'm not talking finances. I'm not talking, I'm not talking property. I'm talking, I'm talking about the gifts and the abilities that you have. Are you willing to give what you have so that others can gain what they need? If the answer to that is yes, God will use you and multiply you and blow your tiny little mind. I've seen him do it over and over again. I'm a product of that. That's why I'm here. I'm here because I said yes to coaching a football team. I'm here because I said yes to teaching large boys how to block other large boys. That's what led me to this moment. God will take what you're good at and he will multiply it. Are you willing to give what you have so that others can gain what they need? So it worked for us when we talked about connecting with man and then we did, we did, the, uh, we, we did the, the family game night. I'm hoping that it works today that we talked about serving and we also have Next Steps 45 today. If you're here and you're not serving, you really need to rethink why you're not doing that. And there's an opportunity for you to go to Next Steps 45 today, find out what it's all about, and get plugged in. God wants to use you. If you're tired, if you're exhausted, we'll let you rest, but we won't let you rust. It's time to step into what God has in store for you. Amen? Listen, I got to let you go. Let me pray. And, uh, and Pastor Jessica's going to start Next Steps 45 and as soon as we can get that room cleared out, okay? Father, thank you so much for each and every person in this room. And I just pray that we would leave here today challenged and inspired, knowing that you call us to greatness by our willingness to serve others within the body and outside the body of Christ. And that you will take what little bit we have and multiply it to change the world around us. And so God, I pray that we would all be willing to give what we have so that others can gain what they need. Use us. And help us to walk in it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Listen, i got to let you go. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want to talk to you about that. I will be right here. Come and see me. Otherwise, I'm done and you guys can bounce. If you want to hit Next Steps 45, do that. But let's, let's apply what we learned in the True North series. We'll see you next week for a brand new series. God bless you guys. 